If you have a passion for something, you should follow that passion. That's something Lieutenant Colonel Dean Hall said to me in an over-the-phone interview I had with him, an interview that you'll hear in just a little while. When you have a passion or a drive to get somewhere, figuratively or literally, rarely is that passion fulfilled when working alone. Your family, friends, or coworkers will help you along the way. And that's the beauty of the Main Air Guard. It's no different. Setting our maniacs up with what they need to succeed. School benefits, health benefits, professional education. You can fuel your goals with us, so to speak. Take those goals to new heights with a little help along the way. I'm Master Sergeant Andy Sinclair, and this is episode 43 of the Maniac Radio Show. We're going to talk to two individuals who have used the Guard as stepping stones to get where they are today, whether that's through schooling or networking, etc. Two individuals with drive and passion, one who's retired with a full career in uniform, and another who is still fairly early on in his career, but has already made a name for himself and is destined for great things. We're going to let them talk about their experiences, their advice, and their passion. First up, we have a new lieutenant, but he himself is not new as a maniac. He was enlisted for quite a while before he commissioned. He's a University of Maine graduate. He is a DSG, or Drill Status Guardsman. He works for a company called Jimbro. Maybe you've heard of them. A very veteran-friendly employer. Here he is, Lieutenant Michael O'Brien. Tell us a little bit about yourself and where you come from. Um, up there with Chief Thurlow in uh, air transportation function, um, uh, OIC. But really, uh, that basically just entails them kind of teaching me about the job, um, you know, and uh, how, having me offer what I know about, uh, you know, training, coming from maintenance. That's a pretty strict thing they do down there. Um, so just kind of putting in my two cents where I can, but really just trying to learn from everybody up there. I got a lot of, a lot of experience up there. Why is training so important in maintenance? Uh, they get a pretty heavy deployment cycle, uh, so you want to make sure you're always ready to go. Um, you know, General Roy always says, uh, ready to fight tonight, so they definitely embody that down there. So trying to take that over to the air transportation function. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And, I, and I've worked personally, I've worked with Chief Thurlow and, and they, call, you know, they call those guys Grady and the gang. They are awesome. It's a crazy team. That's a pretty important job. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, so they handle... Um, like when we go on deployments, they handle the passenger side of the house um, in processing everybody, making sure they have all the ne- necessary documents, um, getting them on the aircraft on time, uh, loading up all the baggage, any other cargo that's going with them, um, making sure every, everything's documented, any hazmat, anything like that, making sure it's all ready to go and those guys are ready to do their job overseas without any, any hiccups. Just like with maintenance, is pretty pretty important to keep up on that training, right? Right, exactly, yep. So you work with... Chimbro. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, I've been with Chimbro for two years now uh, as a project engineer. Um, started out in Brewer working on an oil and gas uh, furnace. It was a great project, pretty big for the state of Maine. Um, actually, right over here in Brewer, uh, building some furnaces and then actually shipped them down the Penobscot and then down around the Gulf up into Pennsylvania. So it was a long ride for those. Um, started out doing some piping engineering, any design changes and stuff. We'd work with the client, get it done, get it taken care of out in the field with the guys. Um, you know, if they were seeing issues or having issues with some of the material, we'd get that squared away. Um, kind of rolled over into the 
testing side of the house there after everything was put together. I had to go through and pressure test it either with water or with air um, before, you know, we could sign off saying everything was good to go. So did that for a couple months, um, then started to go into the paper mill side of the house, which is a, you know, a huge industry here in Maine, um, something we all hold pretty dearly, provides a lot of jobs in some rural areas. Um, so we did some upgrades up in Rumford. Um, they're putting quite a bit of money into those mills, which again is great. It provides, you know, it's a huge industry for us, whether it be loggers up north or, you know, the western part of the state. It's it's a pretty tough commute getting down to Portland or Bangor or anything like that. So those, uh, you know, 500 or so jobs at a mill is, is pretty big for that area. Um, so we did some upgrades for them. That went great. Um, the guys out there were awesome with Chimbro guys and the mill guys. I mean, it was just it was a good all around experience. Um, then went over to Jay to help them. They had a little bit of a hiccup um, over there. So kind of helping them clean up and you know, that's still a little bit of an ongoing process. The beauty of the guard is that uh, the majority of our force is our, our traditionals. You can take the experience that you gain uh, on the outside in, in your civilian workforce and you can bring it into the military. I've always kind of looked at like our civil engineering squadron and how they, how they do things. And you've got all these guys and girls that are gaining all this outstanding experience, whether it be electricians or structural or, or construction that way, or putting up even putting up sheetrock. And there's a million ways to, to, to do it. And uh, then you come in here and you get to work with airmen and, and senior NCOs and officers. And you guys get to, they get to put their heads together and figure out the best way to do it. And I always thought that was pretty cool. Your civilian job with Chimbro, coupled with your, your military job in LRS as a new officer, it's very similar in a way from an outsider's perspective to sit back for me to look and say, they're both hands-on jobs. Would you say that for people who are traditionals who have a good job like yourself with Chimbro, how does one play off of another? Like is being good at one make you better at the other or vice versa? Can you take the experience even if it's not really related? Yes, absolutely. In reality, joining the Guard was probably the biggest thing I've done for my professional career. Um, I'm in school for engineering when I did it. It was about halfway done. Um, got a tour of the machine shop and I just thought that was a great compliment to uh, an engineer. A lot of times, you know, coming out of school, you don't always have the hands-on experience. Um, and that does cause some frustrations between tradespeople and engineers or office, whatever you want to call it. Um, so having that experience was, was great. Um, you know, seeing if you're designing a part, you know, it may look great on paper, but when you go to put it in a machine, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work out the way you thought it would. There's might be a couple extra steps you didn't think of when you're drawing that. Um, so obviously there's those technical aspects. Um, that really help out both ways um, but also just that you know it's the level of professionalism that everyone has here um, I say that's probably the biggest the biggest factor um, if you come in especially you know 21 22 years old you never really had a full-time job um, at least not that you know has such a impact um, you know on the world or even what you're doing in the job um, you know I'm 21 years old coming out of tech school and making a nose landing gear bushing. Um, you know, it's a pretty crucial part. You, someone's gonna go, you're gonna trust someone to go, you know, land an aircraft with a crew of 50 of your airmen on board. Um, so, you know, making stuff like that, it's a lot of responsibility for a 21, 22 year old. Um, you know, something you don't typically get. So that that's definitely a huge part, um, you know, especially as a drill status guardsman, kind of taking ownership of, you know, where your career goes. Um, 
those weekends, you know, they fly by. So kind of get what you put in, uh, getting all your training and all that stuff done. Um, so really just, you know, learning how to be a professional um, and kind of observing everyone around you. You know, I was extremely lucky when I went in. Our NCOs, you know, they were they were awesome at transferring knowledge and just being just being a mentor. Um, if you're young and have, haven't been in very long, it's kind of a it can be a tricky tricky place to navigate. A lot of terms, a lot of uh, procedures, and all that. So having a good mentor is huge. Um, so I was lucky to see that, you know, at my direct supervision level. Um, and then as you go up the ladder, you know, they were great too. Um, you know, having a section supervisor come down and consult you on an issue that they're having on an aircraft and then taking your word for what you're saying on a repair and then kind of fighting for you on the other end when they're kind of discussing it all around, you know, that what time it's taking, what route you're going, um, you know, so having them back you up there, you know, that's huge. That's um, a kind of a confidence booster, especially when you're a younger airman. And then even on top of that, uh, that was really my first experience with, you know, officer, uh, officership, I guess you'd call it. Um, you know, the first and foremost, I think the biggest thing is just being present as an officer, you know, walking around, getting to your different shops. Um, you know, that really just shows shows that you care. Um, and in maintenance, you know, there are also a lot of technology was involved um, really anywhere in the hangar now, just with everything that's coming out, um, you know, and having them stand up there and, you know, justify that stuff and, you know, agree with you saying, you know, this could help our Air Force, this could help our fleet or help the Air Force wide or help, you know, right out here at the 101st. So um, I was lucky to have that when I first went in and just kind of have someone to emulate, you know, as my career went on. And that's kind of, I kind of took that path. And it, a large portion of that was because of the leaders that I had. So you're in a unique position because you came in to maintenance and you came in enlisted first. You had outstanding NCOs when you first came in. Like you said, they transferred that knowledge and they but more importantly, I feel like is that they enabled you and they give you that taste of um, accomplishment and they give you that, that taste of responsibility. And then when something turns out right and it's kind of like fishing, you can either throw a lure in, you can either lose your $10 lure or you can land a nice bass or something. And, you know, and having that mentorship from your NCOs, you were able to land that nice bass and not have a taste of failure. And, um, and, and now being in the position that you're in, um, again, because you commissioned and, and now you're in a completely different group, which is even, you know, even cooler. Now you have it, you're in a position to be able to enable your airmen. Um, and uh, and that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, moving forward a little bit, like what is your goal? Uh, now that you've commissioned, what's your plan? Um, right now, you know, the main the main focus is just getting to learn uh, LRS as a whole. Like we talked about coming from maintenance, coming from a back shop of maintenance, you know, my I don't want to say tunnel vision, but it was pretty focused as far as what we did. Um, coming over to LRS really opened my eyes. Uh, there's some functions and stuff that I, I didn't even know existed. Um, it's such a broad career field and it really, you know, helps the base as a whole in ways that you'd never know if you if you didn't ask or weren't working there. Um, so just kind of learning from all the all the subject matter experts in each field and just taking everything in as I can. Um, being a young officer in LRS is a little bit different than probably some other squadrons. You're basically just kind of a sponge for four years, and that's how they how they set up your uh, advancement. Um, so really, just hopping around, getting to learn each each function, um, you know what they do, what they have to offer, what role they play um, for the 101st, what role they play in the Air Force for deployments and all that. So that's kind of my my immediate goal. Um, 
and just, you know, take in as much as I possibly can. Uh, yeah, when I think of like outstanding officers and outstanding senior NCOs and even NCOs within the 101st, like I, I think of obviously Chief Thurlow and I think of Captain Cole and Major Stroop and, and, and those guys are awesome. You were prior enlisted, you were in maintenance, you commissioned, you're now in LRS. You have the experience, you've got your four-year degree, you work in an outstanding organization that's, that's right here in Maine. And you bring that civilian leadership you gain from Chimbro, you can bring it here. Military leadership you gain here, you can bring it to Chimbro, which is pretty cool. Why do you think it's a good idea for, say, like an 18-year-old or a 22-year-old to consider joining? You know, just the professionalism that's displayed out here. Um, I think you can take that into any walk of life, whether it be engineering, teaching, um, logistics, anything. Um, and it can be useful. I just think the the pride and the responsibility that you have when you're out here, um, you know, it all belongs to, you all have one mission, um, you know, it's to keep the nation safe. So everyone plays a part. Um, so when you, when you take that and you take the training that you gotta do on the weekends or come out here during the week um, and you use that stuff to, and put it towards one main goal that all 1300 or so people um, are working towards I mean you can use that anywhere um, you know as an officer especially coming from the enlisted side my one main goal was to always you know take care of your airmen first um, you know that translates really well to uh, downtown where I'm at now with Chimro um, you know working with the tradesmen as an engineer as an assistant superintendent or superintendent your one your one main goal is to take care of your guys your gals downtown um, so whether that be getting them the tools they need, the supplies they need, um, you know, before anything else. Obviously, you want to be, you want to be knowledgeable at your job. You want to be good at your job. But I think if you take care of your airmen or your uh, tradesmen or anything, um, you know, they provide you with that knowledge that you need to succeed. Um, so to me, you know, that's what comes second, and that's another thing that you know you really learn out here, especially coming from the enlisted side. If you have a a supervisor or an officer that you know really takes care of you it makes you want to work you know that much harder um, so I think really that's that's the biggest benefit to me now obviously on top of that you have the main state tuition which is huge um, you know starting starting your career coming out of college sixty thousand dollars in debt versus not having a payment at all I mean that's seems like a no-brainer yeah I mean it's it's a crazy benefit and then you out on top of that health care um, you know, paying $200 a month versus four, six, eight, whatever it is, you know, another massive benefit. Um, and then retirement too. So, I mean, really those three things alone, if you weren't looking at any professional development, any leadership development, um, skills development, if you just alone looked at the financial benefits, those are massive. But then on top of that, to throw those other development uh, tools in there, skills, leadership, all that, I mean, it's just, it really provides you with a whole package of of skills and and uh, financial benefits that a lot of people on the outside don't get um, so it's really really a way to kind of launch your career off on the right foot um, I, I mean I, I couldn't recommend enough to, to anybody on uh, downtown in school anywhere high school college out of college I mean it's got it benefits for everybody not to mention the fact that you get to travel travel the world and see the world I know I know LRS gets to go to some pretty nice places and they also get to go to not so nice places but that's the name of the game and, right and that's what you guys signed up to do so exactly it's pretty cool but yeah we appreciate it and um, appreciate your time and and um, and and good luck in LRS and 
Um, if anyone's listening and has any questions about becoming an officer, maybe going from enlisted to being an officer, um, you know, I'm sure I'm sure you'd be willing to. Yes, absolutely. Anyone has any questions at all, come come on over. Well, I appreciate it, and and uh, we'll talk soon. Great. Thanks for having me. Next up, we have another interview, this time with Lieutenant Colonel Retired Dean Hall. He was an intel officer, also a drill status guardsman, with loads of experience and drive. He's agreed to talk to us in an over-the-phone interview and share his thoughts on the Maine Air National Guard. Uh, Colonel, I want to say thank you uh, for agreeing to come on to the podcast today. No problem. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, where you come from, all that good stuff? Yeah, well, I'm, uh, I'm from Maine originally. I grew up in Jackman and finished high school in Bucksport. I went to the University of Maine, uh, but or not. Uh, and there I got involved in ROTC. They had Air Force ROTC. It had just come on campus uh, uh, when I was there as a freshman. And so I became part of that. And I graduated in 84 and got sent off to Intel School. And uh, I did six years of active duty. Uh, and then I left in 90, uh, and I believe it was 91, when I came on board with the uh, guard base. Uh, it just so happened they had an opening in Intel, which was obviously <laughs> my specialty. And uh, Colonel Vanetta Stein hired me, and off off I went to the races. So how many years total did you do in the service with, combined with active duty? With everything, just about 28, just under 28. Were you a DSG for the majority of your time with the Maniacs, or was there some active duty time? The whole Really? The whole time. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, obviously, we had quite a few TDYs in there, but so as a DSG, um, especially as as an 05, and especially as you know, you you were in charge of. Um, and I, again, I'm I'm sorry if I'm butchering the terminology, but you were the the top dog in, in the Intel office. So what was that like? What was that like being a DSG though? Uh, well, it, you know, it was, it was challenging at times, but uh, lucky to always have good people in there. It certainly makes it a lot easier, and that's true of all the folks that you know we brought in. Uh, throughout the years. Um, Bob Kinney we brought in, we brought in Sergeant Noyes, so different folks that came in all were able to do a great job and, and that was a huge help to have you know, good solid people. Yeah, there's no, no I in team sort of thing. No. <laughs> so w- with your experience as a DSG and then also having a full-time uh, career as a, as a teacher, a middle school teacher, what was it like being a guardsman and, and utilizing the, the benefits that the guard had to offer while still maintaining a, a full-time civilian employment? I mean, uh, uh, you know, for me, it, it actually, you know, it worked out great. Uh, I had an extremely supportive principal. Uh, his brother, actually, my principal's brother was a ret- retired Army 06 Intel officer. So when he found out that I was an Intel and his brother was an Intel, I mean, and he was a very patriotic individual. I mean, uh, he, 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 I gave him a pin a one time, a, you know, maniac pin, and he wore that pin for years. Uh, so I could, I could not have had a more supportive boss. Uh, and that made it just tremendously easy. Uh, if there were things going on up in, up in Bangor in the weekend and I needed to scoot out a little bit early on Friday, you know, he made sure that I was able to do that. I never was questioned if I needed to go TDY during the middle of the school year. It was, it was certainly a situation where he was, he did whatever he could to support me uh, in the Maine Air National Guard. Uh, that, that was uh, Art Warren. Uh, so a great individual. I think that sometimes, especially as an 18-year-old or 19-year-old or even a 17-year-old looking to join, specifically the the Air National Guard, I think that sometimes is their um, the res- you know that might be a reservation that hey if I if I only want to be a, you know if I want to be a DSG and have a full-time career somewhere else in the civilian sector, um, how is my civilian employer going to support you know that 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 um, that career choice because 
you know, on paper, it wouldn't sound logical, right? Like if I go to a job interview and I say, hey, I'm in the guard, um, I have the potential to deploy, I have, I have two weeks of training I have to do, I have, I got to sacrifice one week in a month. On paper, it may not sound that appealing, but in all reality, it's the exact opposite. I've interviewed employers and, and uh, supervisors for companies who have sat back and said they immediately want to hire, you know, members of the main Army Guard and the main Air National Guard because of their training and because of their perseverance and their tact because they, they want those types of employees working in their organization. I think that sometimes is a disconnect for people who are who are looking to possibly join the Guard. Yeah, it certainly makes it much easier on the member uh, when they know they've got the support of their employer. And, and uh, you know, from what I've seen in my experience, uh, you know, 99% of the employers were awesome uh, and really supportive of the, the main Air National Guard in whatever way they could be. If you had an opportunity to speak to an 18-year-old who was kind of on the fence about joining the main Air National Guard because of the reservations of being, you know, wanting to, to pursue a successful civilian career, what advice would you give that that, that individual? I, I would say if you if you know you have a passion for something and it's offered by the guard, you should certainly follow that passion because it'll work out in the long run. And as an 18 year old, I, I know as I, as I get older, and I say this to kids all the time, you know, time's going to go by fast. If you do four or six years, it sounds like a long time, but it's going to go by extremely quickly. And you'll mature during that time. You'll meet great people. It'll create opportunities for your future, opportunities that you may not realize, but they will be there as a result of your experiences in the Guard, even if you decide not to stay past uh, your initial enlistment. It's, it's an opportunity that as you grow older, you will look back at with fond memories, regardless of how long you stay. Uh, and it just it's, it's a great opportunity not only for you, but you're supporting our, our state and the country, and I think it's just a great a great thing for young people to really consider and, and strongly consider. Yeah, and that's and, and I've, I've told people the same thing that I've, I've, I've had friends of mine that have been on the fence who, who later joined, same idea that, that uh, between the, the, the insurance, the health benefits, the school benefits, um, the camaraderie, the sense of patriotism, the networking, um, and, the, and the fact that you get, you're getting paid to travel the world and, and you know, and, and do your part and feel like you have a direct impact on, on um, protecting, protecting, like you said, our state and our country, you know, and, and you can find, you know, similar jobs downtown with that sense of fulfillment. But, you know, it's uh, we had there's a long history here. And uh, and especially since I've been in this job within PA and, and having access to, to old to old records and, and old stories and old photos. I mean, the history out here is just so rich for an 18 year old to look to, to join you're becoming a part of that history, which is pretty remarkable. It's something you'll always be tied to. You'll always be tied to that unit, and that's something to be proud of. You hear about these these scenarios where, you know, the husband or the wife is deployed and, you know, back home the, you know, during the middle of the winter that, you know, their spouse's furnace breaks and, you know, and they, and they call the maniacs. And instead of three guys showing up, 20, 20 guys show up to help to help out. And, and again, you're going to get that. You're going to get that you know, anywhere that has a, an outstanding team, you know, as we kind of touched on earlier, if you have a good team and, and you know, you, you take care of each other, that's going to happen. But, you know, it's just when you hear those stories, it kind of almost brings a tear to your eye type of thing. It's, it's pretty cool to hear about. Yeah, it really is. It, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a memory they'll always have. And, you know, even today as I meet people, you know, uh, ladies and gentlemen and who are, you know, 50s, 60s and 70s who served, even some of them only served for two years back in the draft days. And they talk about, they'll still talk about those experiences that they had serving, uh, you know, for our country. So it's, it's just a great experience. And especially with somebody like yourself in your position where you, you know, you were being a lieutenant colonel while, while you were here and, 
you get to see these young kids come in and you get to help develop them and, and, and watch them grow, which is, I, I would imagine, pretty um, pretty gratifying. Yep, it is. It is. I saw a lot of, uh, you know, I saw a lot, you know, enlist and, and grow in their enlisted fields. I saw some enlist and, and move on to the officer ranks. Uh, and, you know, every one of them, you know, I think uh, did, did well and were happy with the choices that they made. You've been retired now for a few years. Now, what experiences that you or, or skills or, or trades that you learned in the military during your during your time in, are you still utilizing? You know, the, 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 the discipline uh, of, you know, being organized and having to be prepared. Uh, and, and that's something that I think, uh, you know, certainly I carried through the early part of my career. And then as my career went on, just always being ready, uh, you know, doing a little the extra, uh, getting in early, staying late when needed, um, just, you know, being ready for whatever you need to be ready for. And I know technology-wise, you know, being in the Guard was a big help to me. Um, it seems like the military always was sort of at the forefront of you know, technology changes. I, mean, I go back to the days where, you know, the first emails were a big deal uh, when I first joined and I was serving down in Maryland. And, uh, you know, I think back to, you know, the fact that we had one computer uh, that could send an email and what a big deal it was. I mean, you could send a letter to somebody, type it up, and it would show up, you know, in another part of the world and you could get a response. And now, of course, we do this with our phones. Um, but so it sort of helped me that way, too, just, you know, staying on top of things uh, and sort of the newest technologies that way. Uh, but I think probably the biggest thing is just how, how to work with a, a diverse group of people, uh, you know, is one of the probably the biggest thing I, I took. Uh, you know, that I could relate to my profession on the outside. Uh, you know, because you do obviously have to deal with a wide variety of people. It's true in education, it's true in the military. And I think my military experience has really helped me in that way. That's awesome. And again, I think that's kind of what people are missing when they when they kind of, when they look at and are entertaining joining the main air guard is they, they don't, you know, they, they may not, they may think it's like, oh, it's a second job. Like, who wants a second job? Well, it kind of is, and it kind of isn't, especially if you're, you know, like yourself, who, who made an, an entire career of, of, of being a, a drill status guardsman and utilize what, you know, the, the guard had to offer, you know, and uh, that's that's huge. It really worked out great for me. I just think, you know, for any young person out there listening, uh, if they are considering it, I think they really should seriously consider, you know, come out, talk to you, talk to some of the other recruiters, you know, maybe visit a couple of shops on base to see what's going on talk to some folks their age, but I think it's a, an opportunity that should at least be strongly considered. not saying it's for everybody, but for those, you know, who think that it's something they are interested in, you know, take that opportunity uh, to come out and talk to you folks. And uh, I, I don't think they'll regret it at all. I, I know they won't. It'll be a great experience for them. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. And I think I speak for everybody when I say thank you for your service. And all right. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. So there it is. Two interviews from two maniacs with two totally different career fields and a whole wide range of life experiences. A premier organization that produces premier airmen. Remember to check us out on Facebook and Instagram, as well as our app and our website. And hey, if you're on Facebook, take a minute to head over to the main Air National Guard recruiting page and to give them a like. Maybe say hi to the recruiters. Show them some love. Maybe share their page with friends and family. Something to think about. So anyway, have a great weekend. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Stay resilient. Stay relevant. Stay ready. And stay passionate.